Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, brought to you by the TV Arc and the Arc of E Network. My name is Noah. And my name is Gav. And we're the Blanchard Brothers, back this week to talk about episode six of True Detective season three, um, Hunters in the Dark, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, that is I don't have it written down. Okay. Uh, where do you want to start with this one, brother? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, um, I have four giant bullet points uh, that I want to make sure we hit, but I just, wherever you want to take it, let's go. Um, there's a, l- a lot of stuff that happened. Yeah, You I, might still call this a slow episode. Yeah. I see a lot of people online still saying it's slow, and I just, I, I don't get it. So many things came together. Still got a lot of questions, but we got a lot of answers. Yeah, we gotta, I, I mean, I have a ton because, yeah. but I can start with basically saying that I will retract my previous statement that I think that Amelia has something to do with it because very clearly in this episode, do you find out that? Yes, that I think that's was pretty bullshit. much off the table at this point. Yeah, yeah. So I'll go on record and say I got it wrong. I'm not afraid to do that. I can certainly admit when I didn't get something right. Uh, but yeah, uh, starting the episode off with her kind of asking him about his past and him like, Oh, I don't think about it much. And I wrote down mm-hmm. um, life happens now. I don't spend time remembering stuff. And I was like, but you're a detective. Like what? What do you mean? So I guess it's maybe like his life is what he's referring to. Not necessarily like cases and stuff like that. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Which has been a huge theme of this entire season is like a man who is not one to look back or, uh, be very introspective about himself even though he seems fairly self-aware um finally having to kind of reckon with his past and his memories etc etc it's it's all very much of a piece in what we've seen thus far um that opening scene too with them post their first night together again the lighting the way they're both dressed just straight film noir this could be like on the cover of any dime store like pulp magazine from the era Oh, yeah, um, definitely. I agree 100%. So, uh, love that. Uh, we could keep going, man. Rob, wherever you want to take it. Um, okay, so I've you... taken in my notes just calling them Wayland, like Wayne and Roland, so just Wayland. I don't know if that's important. Okay. But you can definitely sure. read all of my notes at the end of this. My probably runner up for like favorite scene is Tom's breakdown like them just pushing pushing till he, where he finally just he can't take it anymore and he just fucking yeah scoot having like a full on Kafka-esque nightmare just like partial existential crisis just the full yeah I loved that um did, did not think it was over the top at all that whole scene too just like you definitely get the feeling they don't really think he had anything to do with this, but they've got to push this because otherwise, like if they're removed from it, this could go a lot worse for Tom. Oh yeah, definitely. But 
again, and we've only seen a little bit of like Roland's um, relationship with Tom and how he kind of brought him out of, you know, got him back on the right track. Uh, but yeah, having to see those two guys get to that state with each other was just that. Yeah, that was pretty upsetting. Uh, Dorf killing it throughout the 90 segments in here. Uh, oh, yeah, just just overall. Um, yeah, so they're they're looking at Scoot. What you know, by the end of the episode, I think we have we have answers to the contrary. But what were you thinking at this point? Because coming off of last episode, I was not there was no part of me that was like this implicates Scoot. But obviously, that's the way they wanted to take it. So before we get to later in the episode, what were you thinking at this point? Um, I mean, I was honestly thinking, okay, so we've got this this thing of possibly be possibly be him but i wasn't sure i mean i don't i've never really thought it was him if i was gonna pick like a oh a parent did it i was definitely gonna go with lucy but or yeah or lucy being more involved okay what did you i what did you make of the closeted gay subplot coming into play like what? I don't know what it adds at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it. I don't. I mean, I don't know unless you just, unless it's like shades of season two, you know. And it's like this. This is what. But of all the things to touch on in season two, like it's not like he's handling it any better. Which, yeah, no, d- definitely. I mean, it's. I don't, I, don't know, I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to go. Maybe like, it. Ha- maybe it's a huge plot point in episode seven. Who knows? Maybe. But I just. I thought that was kind of like, you know, just. I. I, I don't know. Kind of left fieldish for me personally. Yeah, I get it, but it also it kind of. Like I didn't really pick up on it the first time watching it because they said, "Oh yeah, you know, we might have seen him go into a gay bar," and then they also said. Um, you know, I didn't realize that they found the pamphlet about Jesus and all that, and like how you can be healed and all that. But the second time watching around where he said, oh, yeah, there's a glory hole back there if you need something to do. And then he, you know, pushed him into the road mm-hmm. him with the gun. Like that kind of clicked it for me that like they're they're throwing this angle of, OK, it wasn't so much that she was running around on him. It was more like he could really couldn't care less because she gave him children and. You know, she just wasn't happy, and and I'm thinking like, okay, the '80s is prime time for divorce anyway, so right. why wouldn't you just get divorced? Why'd you have to do all this stuff? But you know, we find out from the cousin that you know she, someone was paying her, you know, to to leave and like to live well, a lifestyle before she OD'd allegedly, and so clearly we. She, we don't know directly who that money's coming from, but it's Hoyt. We wait, all know wait, it's Hoyt. It, it's, it's Hoyt. That's, okay. that's the it's fascination Hoyt. with this that I love throughout every season of this. Every, even the stuff that I think, I think if you go back and watch the killing episodes that he wrote heavy on, there's always this distrust of like this uh, government slash industry that is just going to grind you up. And it doesn't matter if you're not on that power structure, if you're not on the other side of it. You, you're going to get swallowed up by it. And there's no stopping it. I mean, yeah, you can get yours like we see in the first season. And, you know, yeah, it'll spit you up and chew you out like we see in season two. And I don't know if we're going to 
jump onto that in the third season. And that's going to be like, oh, well, it was just this dude who had a kid out of wedlock and was paying her to keep quiet. And then yada, yada, yada. You know, I don't know where it's going to go, but, you know, I've read stuff where people are like, oh, well, the, the, the mystery is just kind of like fading in the background and it's background noise. It really doesn't matter. And I know you said last week, you were like, I just kind of want to sit with these people for a while. But in my head, I'm like, no, I want to know what happened here. You know, and if it is this, oh, na- I mean, the the cliffhanger of this is- episode left me on a note of just like, oh my god, I I need all the threads to come together like now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I'm like totally reinvigorated by the mystery and where it's heading. Um, I, okay, I I know some outside information. I'll save that towards the end. But do do you want to talk any more about Hoyt at this point? Um, I guess we could transition into, um, was it Harris? Yes, Harris James. Uh, Harris James. Yes. James Harris. Uh, yeah, Harris James. <laughs> um, that whole scene, that was that was good stuff. Oh, definitely. I don't eat donuts. <laughs> you got a nice body, detective. Dude, I bet you Marshall Ali has never eaten a donut in his life. <laughs> no. I don't just just in general um anyways just great stuff there uh we 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 finally see hoyt it's in a picture but but we see him i i know who it is i'm gonna save it for the end of the episode i'll tell you i'll tell you later brother okay i'm so excited dude you have no idea oh god so giddy okay but yeah, I, I love that. So, okay, he was working night shift security there while he was still on the force. So, clearly, part part of the sprawl, part of the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. And another... <laughs> you think Pizzolatto's got something against gingers? I think so. I do. This is another, like, sniveling, rat-like ginger character. Right on the back of... Uh, What's dude's name in season two that gets the glass smashed in his face? Uh, fuck. I know who you're talking about. It's not Stan. It's his other homie that's like... Yeah, no. It, they they say Stan so many times. That, just yeah, assume, yeah. But it's not Stan. Yeah. But we all know who we're talking about. Um, I guess it's a little bit redeemed by Chad. Chad Velcoro. He's a redhead, mm-hmm. you know. So I guess there's one on the good side. But... Yeah, and and you have what Ginger in season one as well. Really shady individual, but not quite the same type of character here. But as soon as Andrew, I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is the guy, um, who may or may not have been in charge of snatching Julie, if that's in fact what took place, if he's the one who killed Will in the process put the bodies there and then I am really at this point with with what we see in the 90s timeline that goes down at Amelia's book reading um, I think those dolls were a plant to distract and dear good woman was completely full of shit and was putting them off on a different scent and she knows like either she's involved or the the lady that we keep seeing with uh, Lucy in the eighties timeline. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What is her name? Like when they have that announcement yeah, of friend. Woodard, yeah, who's just always there. Like, 
I, yeah, there's something, there's something going on there. But I, I, at this point, I'm like, okay, the dolls were meant to throw all of this other shit into the mix, to throw you off the scent. And probably the letter was as well, whether Lucy wrote that to Tom or not, or that was a third party. But it's like, it's this intentionally, they were trying to sabotage this investigation, like from the outside and inside, all at the same time is what it really, like, I don't know how far the sprawl goes. I don't know if Kent, the, like, attorney general, um, I don't know if he is, like, intentionally manipulating things because he's being paid off or somebody's controlling him from higher up or if it's just, you know, political ambition, tried to ride, like, you know, keeping crime down, et cetera, et cetera. He just wants a quick conviction on this Woodard thing, et cetera, et cetera. It's It's like... I cover your, I, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. I make this go away. I put it on. Which Twitter. is what I assume it is too, because yeah. it would almost be at this point. It's like, why introduce the further complication of like, no, that was just shitty, like you know, shitty politicians. Like, might as well take it to the level of like, no, they're involved in some sort of like child kidnapping ring. Um, by the way, we do see more crooked spirals uh, in this episode. We still have not seen Rust and Marty. <laughs> Every single time they cut to Eliza, I was like, where's the fucking laptop? Where is it? I was so angry. Um, but obviously they're saving it, man. I'm, I'm more and more thinking we're going to get that that moment we want. Maybe you called it. Maybe you called it. That was one of the things when I got done, I was like, fuck. But also I was like, okay, well, they still haven't shown them, so I could still be on. So. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, we saw Crooked Spirals when Wayne, uh, after the kind of blow up with, with Roland, which I don't think this is the incident, Mm-mm. the rift in the nineties. I think there's more to it, obviously, but yeah, so Wayne walks off, walks all the way back to the Purcell house, which is dilapidated and filled with graffiti. Um, but if you look closely, there's some Crooked Spirals in there. They're there, okay? (laughs) All right. Can can we go back to... uh, It's towards the end of the episode, but the book signing, uh, the reading with Amelia. This is my first, like, gigantic note. Stephen Williams! Stephen fucking Williams is in the show, dude? He didn't... See, that wasn't the first... He wasn't the first guy. No, that is not Sam Whitehead. Yeah. This is a new guy. This is Stephen Williams, dude. This is Mr. X from X-Files. This is Captain Fuller from Jump Street. This is Creighton Duke from Jason Goes to Hell. And uh, and he's been on HBO recently. He was Virgil in season two of The Leftovers. And when he popped up in that, I was like, oh, my God. He's just he's one of those character actors that has been with me my entire life of watching stuff. I watched like Jump Street when we were kids in Japan in reruns like should not have been watching it that young. I definitely definitely not. It, the first two seasons of Jump Street yeah. But yeah, I was just, I was so glad to see him pop up and it's simultaneously again, dude, I love the way they're walking the line with this stuff. I don't know whether it's menacing and we're meant to be scared of him or if he is trying to find out information because he's trying to help her because he's on like the righteous side of this. Yeah. And they're trying to pin this on him because he knows something. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't and they that. were trying to, in one fell swoop, like, you know, 
implicate this guy, but then the whole thing with Woodard goes down, which has zero connection, but they see an opening, and they're like, no, let's go with this instead. And so I, I, I just, I don't know, man. I really don't know. But maybe he, maybe he is connected. I, I do know, because I couldn't help myself, I looked on um, IMDb. He does appear in another episode. I'm not going to tell you whether it's the next one or the finale, but Stephen Williams will be back. So hmm. as soon as he popped up, I was like, you don't have him come in for two seconds. No. Like he's, if he's in the show, he's going to be relevant. So can't wait to see where that goes. Uh, and obviously like the first time somebody calls Amelia out on basically what Wayne has been yelling at her about for the past, like four or five episodes. <laughs> uh, yeah. So what, what'd you make of that? Like, do you, you think he might be an ally? Do you think he's involved with it? What What do you think? I mean, I don't know, because he does kind of give her shit. Like, you know, you just see her profiting off their pain. Like, you don't really care about You don't know nothing. Like, you don't know anything new. Why? What's the point here? Like, this is over and done with. She's like, well, I'm writing a new book now. He's like, yeah, but you don't have anything new now. So what are you doing here? And I, and I get that in mm-hmm. the sense that like Wayne has constantly been, like I've said, you know, you, you're a tourist. You don't belong here. You are making, you're thriving off of others pain. You want people to tell you their stories and make, you know, be, you know, make them, make it feel, make you feel better about yourself. And I think it's like, she has this lock of, that's just my husband. Well, Wayne, you're just so-and-so cause you're mad or whatever, but it's, it's only when she has it kind of given back to her from, another and I, I think it's maybe it's not meant to be maybe it is meant to be another black man basically saying like you're here profit off of these people's pain and the guy tries to say well no she's never taken and he just kind of cuts him off because you know with the exception of lucy every female that she's talked to about anything they seem to open up and there's that you know here's another female on my side i can talk to her I can give her my story. Like we get the, you should write about what happens here, you know, like about girls that, you know, come to these places. We get, I have that. a, I have a giant bullet point for that scene, yeah. but this is did the first you, time did, that somebody else other than her husband, who she may or may not have some, you know, cognitive dissonance problems with gives it to her. And she really doesn't have anything to say to it. Maybe she's kind of coming. Yeah. To she's definitely back on her heels with that. Yeah. One. Um, Okay, jumping back to, you know, her detective work earlier on, uh, where we again hear about uh, Mary, Mary Julie, Mary July. Uh, did, did you catch the thing outside the window that everybody's freaking out about right now? No, what was that? There was a, uh, like a landscaping truck. Oh, did, really? Did you catch this? No. Yes. And uh, the name on it was Ardoin, A-R-D-O-I-N, which is the last name of Little Mike, Little Mikey, from earlier episodes who who was trick-or-treating with them Halloween night. Oh, shit. Yes. So he is in the 90s timeline and is of some sort of relevance. But general thoughts are 
since they were, you know, it seemed like he and Julie were kind of close as kids. Maybe like she has reconnected with him recently. He knows about her. Maybe he's involved. Maybe, maybe not. But it's, it, they were definitely wanted you to look at that truck for a minute, the way that that was shot. And so, yeah, people did a little bit of detective work and yeah. So presumably that's Mike in the nineties timeline, uh, grown up, whether it's Yes. Uh, okay. So something to something to keep in mind. But dude, the way they're pulling all the threads together, like it really seems like they're gonna do it. Cause nothing I feel like has been really left dangling. Like what? I guess that's that's kind of where I want to go. Before we kind of wrap out the episode, any other big scenes you want to hit? Oh, and then I, yeah, yeah, hit me with your notes. Go ahead, man. scene with him and his son where you called it uh, son's having an affair with the director lady they called that out of the blue um, well no I mean you said no you said there's something else going on with that and I was like eh I don't know and then yeah there is something the champagne glasses etc cetera, etc cetera. but no that was definitely a highlight scene for me too um, the, the whole like do you think I raised you to withhold that whole beat um, this is struck kind of the same nerve as like when he and Amelia were having the argument in episode four, where he was like, I'm going to cry. Just like that vulnerability that comes out in Wayne, like pretty consistently when he's around the people that he feels closest to and most comfortable with. We've never really seen him hit a moment like that. Well, we did in the 2015 timeline with Roland last episode. I feel like they were pretty fucking real with each other, but um, yeah, no, but my, but my, yeah, no the my the kind of just the, like uh, I, I, the, yeah, did I teach you to withhold? But um, I wasn't scared much. I wasn't a fearful man. I did things that some would call brave. Y'all made a coward of me. I've been terrified since the day y'all were born, and mm-hmm. you, you can't hold nothing back with the ones you love. It's like, damn, that took you seventy years to get that. Well, not seventy because you know your kids you know, weren't around for the first however many years, but like it took you that long yeah. to be able to get to that point with your son. And you're like, well, what about the daughter that he doesn't? I was going to say, I just like, just realized one of my biggest dangling questions is what the hell happened to Becca? Well, is that, like, the, phone, is that the phone call he makes? Does he make it to his wife to tell her what's up? Or does he call Becca and be like, look, you need to get back. You need to come out here. Cause dad is on some shit and you need to get here. You just need to. Well, I don't know. Yeah, and then, uh, just one uh, another beat. Um, I thought it took God six to seven days to, to make the world. He says and he rested on the seventh. I always thought he should have put in the extra day instead of half-assing it. Like, yes, just, these fucking- great stuff. Uh, I I can already tell you. I don't even know if you read this stuff because I don't know if you go to the site or actually look at the show notes like while you're listening. But I I try and get clever with the taglines here and there. Uh-huh. And because we're actually recording this, spoiler alert, on a Monday, not a Tuesday, the tagline is definitely going to be, the Blanchard brothers put in the extra day and don't half-ass it. Fuck yes. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I came up with that literally like about five seconds after that line was uttered in the episode, and I felt really, really proud of myself. And also simultaneously really sad that there was nobody to like pat me on the back immediately, so... 
You know what? We did it. I thought my episode 4 one was great, but nobody said anything. What was it? I didn't even pay attention. The Blanchard Brothers. The Blanchard Brothers take a sip of Milch's brew. Oh, okay. Because it was episode 4. While you're, while you're thinking about it, look, uh... Bitches brew, Milch's brew? Yeah, Come on, it. man. I'm with you. Well, whatever. Look at your, look at your text. It got more filled than that, but I just want you to look at what I just sent you. Uh, you really gotta, like, actually, you know, correct your spelling, dude. I see I need push pins and yard to solve this season case. Hashtag true detectives. Oh, yarn. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm not putting yarn. that up anymore. But anyway, okay. Like, you Don't see how that. that all flo- like I really need to. We need to do like a Charlie Day flow chart of like who did what to like bring this all together. I think I might write up a nice one other than this like arrow back and forth stuff that you're looking at, but it's pretty crazy. Like I'm gonna recap it, take a picture, and I'm gonna throw that up as like my um, my thing because I I know that I haven't been like throwing this up as like oh we're doing this it's Tuesdays, but now that like we're doing this Monday, hopefully this will come out early in the day Tuesday or I can be like hey it's up go look at it I can actually post because I feel like we recorded it you know 11.59 on Tuesday then when Wednesday comes up it's like okay well we did it it's up there yeah but I think not posting about it it just keeps in the theme of season two which it it doesn't matter just doesn't yeah no we're just (laughs) flying under the radar Uh, thank you to the people that have been sticking with us though I think I think there's a solid like 30 that are listening week to week and then people are people are catching up to it and going back uh but yeah i mean i again there's a lot of true detective coverage out there you can do a lot better than us but the people that are actually listening thank you guys we appreciate you gumshoes we appreciate it uh if you want to again if you want to hit us with those theories for where the rest of the season is going if if you win you you, you get the season on blu-ray but presumably you already have HBO, so you don't really need it. But commentary, you know, that's behind the scenes stuff. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I, I honestly. So you can you can hit us with those at. Sorry, real quick, you can hit us with those at thearchive at gmail or on Instagram at thearchive network, on Twitter at thearchive, and on Facebook, which is Gavin's baby. So talk to him on there. Okay. That's not the end of the episode. I just wanted to get those plugs oh, in, yeah, no, naturally. You, yeah, I mean, but we stopped it to a halt anyway. Like, there's a subtle thing. I don't know if you noticed. You notice when he is putting his tie on and he says, I miss my clip-ons, and he hesitates? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know so much of that as he doesn't remember how to tie a tie because he's used to clip-ons and so much of, fuck. Wait a minute, I know how to do this. And it just takes him a minute. Like, I'm, I'm interested. I'm looking at these seeds of, like, like that, and then the I really scene. It, I'm looking at all these scenes it, and trying to figure out what are the little throws in the 90s that show us he's starting to Well, it. again, that is, pres- that is presuming that it is not a nat- you know, a natural deterioration in his older age, or that it may have been tied directly to an event in the 90s yeah. that we have as yet of unseen. Uh, where he gets some sort of like you know, some sort of memory loss from like brain damage or an injury. We don't we don't know because I don't think it's been flat out stated. If it's just like, oh, dad's in his old age, and maybe the kids don't know. Maybe they don't know he sustained some sort of injury in the field 
um, maybe not directly related to the case or not on the books for the case rather maybe that's why they don't know um still a big question mark with amelia before we i i feel like again we we bowl over so much stuff what did you think about dan coming back into things uh i love the diner scene just in general oh yeah perfect i i think i mean it is it is I didn't know if we were going to see him again just because we know what happens to him. And that's the, the crazy thing about this, I think, with most stuff is, you know, you're watching all this and you don't think about the fact that, like, wherever you are, you know a bunch about where you're not. So if you're in the 80s right. and you're seeing Lucy storm out and leave, you're like, oh, man, this is crazy. I wonder what's going to – wait a minute. She's going to OD. Well, wait a minute. Did she OD? Right. I don't know. Same thing when you're into 2015, you're like, okay, well, they learned this, they learned that, but then what about the, what happened to the, okay, well, I don't, I know what happens to the, 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 uh, the cousin, the relative, he's going to wind up in a field somewhere or a drainage, wherever the, they fuck, the, they find him or whatever, but you're still, it's, you don't, you don't cognitively remember that, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think of that as I'm being told this information. And I think that is going to lead to a great rewatch as soon as this is over. Like I'm told. Oh, absolutely. Final Sunday. I'm doing every episode up to when the new one starts. And then as soon as it's done within the next week, I mean, I could talk to you about eight, but I definitely think we can talk about eight, get our feelings out about it. I say we come back a week after we've had it to digest a week. We can watch yeah, it. No, we'll, we'll come back for a season wrap up and, like an and then maybe even beyond that, like a like an hour yeah. and talk about the show for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I was going to say though. Okay. So there have been a little bit of speculation. Maybe Roland and Wayne put Dan in that quarry. And that's the thing they're trying to hide. seems very clear at this point. That's not, and that the thing they're probably covering up is possibly taking out Harris James. Oh no, Harris, they totally James do. Harris. He's the one. He's in the dream already. He's one of the the guys that haunts him in his old age. He's it's, the dude in Harris the suit. So presumably, we don't know Scoot's fate. He's either knocked out or he's dead at the end of this episode. Okay, one of two things. But presumably, he. James is able to backtrack from there, and it's like, who sent you here? Uh, that goes back to Dan. Dan gets cleaned up, and they're trying to close the loop, basically. They're trying to clean up this mess. Yeah. Okay. That final sequence, I absolutely loved it. Um, probably the creepiest the show has gotten so far for me personally. Like, just a level of tension. Um but I couldn't help but think there's only one thing that could have made it even creepier. Last two episodes... No. Last two... Yeah, a Cthulhu monster out of nowhere. Um, Last two episodes, they have continuously talked about the pink room. She's the girl from the pink room in the pink castle. She's a princess. And the second I hear pink room, I don't know about you, I go Twin Peaks. Fire walk with me. It's my favorite piece of Battle of Minty score like separate of the main theme and Laura's theme. But I don't know if you remember Firewalk with me. It's like when she takes Donna out and Donna sees like how Laura lives in her like nightlife and stuff. 
Yeah. And it's that extended sequence, and it is just the creepiest, like, most foreboding, like, jazz you've ever heard. <laughs> I may even drop some of that in right now, but I was just like, oh, my God, if you drop that into the this scene, uh, I would be just chills all over. But the, uh, the way they use the security cams, at first I was like, oh, this is great. I'm getting, like, uh, you're never really here vibes. Oh, yeah, definitely. A little bit. And then that amazing, probably my favorite visual element of this episode, so shouts to Sackheim, when it pulls out and we see James watching, smoking a cigarette, just casually like, yeah, I expected him here. Uh, Clearly, I have set this up completely because it's like, wow, he gets in really easily to this, like, what you would think is a super well-guarded compound and, like, finds his way down to this basement. Nobody stops him. And then... I, I've rewatched this last scene about, about three times. When he comes in, there is such a, like, the way he looks around the room for a bit, do you think that Julie is actually there? Oh, Physically no, no. there? Not at all. Okay. Do you think he's looking at a picture? He's looking at pictures of her throughout her life since she, since she left and, be, and came there. Because it's... I, Although I will say, the minute that he walked in, I'm yelling, "Shut the door, Scoot! Shut the door! Just shut it! Just shut the goddamn yeah. door! Just shut it!" Because at least you'll hear somebody well, coming. This, in. I'm sorry. The second he made the decision to go into the giant creepy mansion in the middle of Arkansas, that's when I was like, "Dude, you're not coming out of here." Like, yeah. I I don't think we're gonna see Scoot again. We may see him in the moments before he dies, but I don't think we see Scoot alive again. No, I don't. I don't think so either. Um. But no, I think he's looking at pictures of her from the time she got there until like now. And mm-hmm. I mean, we already put it together. He, Harris James, whatever his name is, he, he quit in 1980 after Raymond Woodard. He went to be, you know, security, all that for them. What was he doing after 80? He wasn't being security for Hoyt. He was being security for that house. He'd been there since 1980 doing that shit that's all he does that's why he gets paid what he gets paid and being and and, and given those stock like cookie cutter car uh, business card answers to what his job is when really it's no i sit in the creepy mansion i make sure that the little girl whose real father runs this joint doesn't ever get out and she got out on my own um, you know without me knowing and now we're just all playing damage control and we're relying on our good buddy who, you know, we put in the attorney general spot for doing us a solid back in the 80s. You know, we're, we're relying on him to, to clear this up because the minute they were like, sounds like a confession to me. I'm like, dude, these guys are fucking hard on for anybody that's going to throw the scent off of like conspiracy. Yeah, no, they know? just want to wrap it up. And like Wayne is not presumably not going to let that happen again. But something makes him put it to bed, and presumably it's that conversation with Hoyt that I think we're going to get to next episode. Are you done? Because I really want to tell you this. Do it. What do you got? Giant spoiler alert for anybody who does not want spoilers for the next episode. This is a piece of casting. Apologies in advance if you keep listening, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't want to know, don't listen past this point. We're going to wrap up shortly. You're not going to miss much on the end. Okay, so turn off right now. <clears throat> okay, buddy. We saw him in a picture. Eagle-eyed viewers and IMDb, you know, crazed lunatics. P- 
piece this together because the casting finally became public. Hoyt is being played by none other than Mr. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Henry Lee Lucas, Brandy Spinning's dad, Michael fucking Rooker, is going to be in the next episode of True Detective. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> How oh, excited are you right dude, now? Fucking, oh, man. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I mean, okay. He's the, dude, that is perfect because he's just the amount of like lovable. And also, if you say the wrong thing, you will get Rooker. Up. Rooker can turn on a turn those screws guy. on. Like, yes. Um, I cannot wait to see because we know there's a scene and a very pivotal one, presumably. This is what makes him put the thing to bed. And it has something to do with Amelia, which I think basically comes down to they kill Harris James. Hoyt comes to him the day after and says, look, I know what you did. You got one of mine. You put this to bed right now or I'm going to kill your wife. I'm going to kill your son. I'm going to kill your daughter. I'm going to make you watch and then I'm going to leave you basically. And he's like, or you stop being a detective immediately and you never, never touch this again. And I I think that's the only thing that makes him step away is a threat to his family that is completely credible and the feeling that he cannot do anything. Like it's probably going to be, or I've got enough evidence to the contrary and I've got enough people on the inside to frame you for all of this shit at this point. Or just, I know you killed my head of security I know you did it. I have proof of it. Blah, 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 blah. I turn you in or you walk away. Uh, I, I I don't know, but I cannot wait to see that showdown. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah, I, I can buy that. I can, <laughs> buy, there's, oh, I can go so many different ways. But I, I definitely, I do. Mike, oh, just Michael Rooker changes everything. I know. The second I saw that, I was just like, yay. Yay so much. Yes, I love Michael Rooker. Okay. Uh, Anything else, brother? I'm sure we left a lot of stuff on the table, but again, that's why once we can actually fully process this season, like I said, dude, I'm thinking we we do episode eight, of course, raw reaction, just like we normally do. We come back within a week to do our season one wrap up. Okay. And then we come back at a later date after we have rewatched it in its entirety. And then we do our revisited episode, which we did for season one and season two. Okay. Cause yeah, I I feel like I'm going to have a lot to talk about for a while about this show because it, it occupies a lot of space in my brain uh, these days. Yeah. I've been told by people, Oh, people that listen, yeah, or just in general? Listen to the show, your brother gets really geeked out about like, I know, man. Isn't it great? Well, I, I wish they would, you know, send me an email. Let me know they're enjoying it. Well, I mean, they are. Just, just, you know. <laughs> just so you know, it's out there. That, you know, people... Just saying, we're trying to build a community here, people. The, the Ark of E community. It sounds very cult-like, doesn't it? It does. Especially when you talk okay. about Little polo shirts on me, so you know, put the bumper shirt. 
pins in your yeah, and the, uh, what do you call them? The pop things for your phone? Yeah, the one pop, <laughs> pop socket that I have. I'm, a, I'm, a I'm, sti- I'm still waiting on one of those from you, brother. I will do my best. Okay, uh, I think we've rambled on uh, oh, quite quite sufficiently. Rambling, dude, you know what oh. I watched the other day? <laughs> that I was like, holy what? shit. You just said Twin Peaks. Fucking Baywatch. The, uh, the fucking Baywatch. Yeah, I... I, I saw that you watched Baywatch because it it was on Prime yeah. when I went to go rewatch parts of this but episode Amy, earlier tonight. Pilot, and she's like a crazy girl. Mm-hmm. And she like... Dude, I've been debating going back because most of it's available on Prime. Dude, you and I grew up on that show no, way before, you know, maybe we make a, a series of that at some point. And also, There's okay, got to be a Baywatch cast out there already. Do you There's got to be. The kid, you remember Step by Step? Yes. Okay. Uh, JT or TJ, whatever his name was. Uh huh. That was the original Hobie. It wasn't always Jeremy Jackson or Jeremy Johnson, whatever his name was. It was that kid wow. from Step by Step for like a whole season. Dude. Parker Stevenson was on that show. It's crazy. Okay. Sorry. Save it. Save it. They watched the other. I maybe we should just do that, uh, dude. Okay. Maybe we do a series that is literally you and I just watching the season openers and the season finales of each season. And we fill in what happened in between those episodes. Yes. All those years. Okay. If people think that is even remotely a good idea, something you probably won't actually... Dude, Summer. That would be a great summertime show. If you compare it to the movie. Okay. I've been wanting to review okay. The one so we'll, we'll, we'll do what we usually do. If you think that's a bad idea, uh, let us know. If not, we're, we're probably going to do it. I like it. Okay. We're just going to do shit until right. we get told not to. That's, I mean, that's a good, it's always easy to ask what uh, forgiveness. Of I was is. about to say that's the American way, yeah. but I don't know. Okay. That's the way Mitch Buchanan right, would do it. I mean, he totally went against protocol and got out of his like captain's uniform and gotten that water. Gavin, on that, Gavin, on that you know, so. you know what, you know what? Some people stand in the darkness afraid to step into the light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But don't you worry, Noah. You're going to be all right. You know why? Because I'm over there. I won't let you out of my side. Okay, second time you've sung that on a podcast. So we need to end this one for this week on Tuesdays with Noah and Gav, where we have been discussing True Detective Season 3, Episode 6, Hunters in the Dark. I have been Noah. And I have been Gav. And we've been the Blanchard Brothers. And we'll see you next week, gumshoes, only on Tuesdays. Well, I grabbed up my suitcase, took out down. When I got there, he was laying on the cooling board. Grabbed up my suitcase, and I took out down the road. Mm, when I got there, he was See you next Tuesday where we've been hanging on the cooling board. Whatever the hell that thing, whatever the name of the song. Whenever you want to talk about the song, dude, we can. Dude, we're doing it all in the rap. Let's just do it.
We can talk about it right now. Okay, I'm going to talk to you about it right now, okay? It's of note because it's per- that version is performed by Cassandra Freeman, who, guess what, is a female, okay? The original is sung by Sun House. You would probably recognize him from the opening of Black Snake Moan. Yeah, where he talks about, you know, I'm talking about true love, I'm talking about the blues, not monkey junk, not monkey junk, and true love's between male and female, and one deceives the other. Sorry. Anyways, Sunhouse has a version of that song, it's Death Letter Blues, and it's written about, um, the woman I love is dead. When I got there, she was laying on the coolant board, okay? So... The genders are reversed because she's singing, which I think is of note simply because we know that Amelia is dead, mm-hmm. but the song's all about, you know, the man you love is dead, laying on the coolant board. Um, and there's a lot of other stuff we could get into in the lyrics, like the full version of the song, which you don't hear in the opening credits because it's cut down a bit. Uh, we could do a whole episode on that and like tie it in. We could definitely go more in detail when we get to the finale okay that was our extra little tidbit uh you want to say something funny and then i'm gonna turn it off oh yeah you know you missed uh chuck berry when you left earlier in the night right oh i did, they did james taylor and binary totally did johnny Hendrix on stage. that's pretty cool when she covered in excess i was i was pretty happy and she covers madness or uh not madness uh talking heads i was like what is this yes no that was awesome too i forgot yeah. i almost forgot about that yeah uh she's got good taste and oh. she still sounds amazing okay, well, uh in, if you in, want to catch that tour people go see yeah in honor of that i'll just go ahead and say hooray hooray the first of may outdoor fucking starts today okay okay i, mean, I don't know what else we say after that all right i'm stopping it yeah. okay i don't even know if i'll keep that yeah, okay we're done